Welcome to the School of Art and Design podcast. This series features conversations with undergraduate students around their final year research, driven by their experience within the interdisciplinary academic and research methods module, commonly referred to as the constellation module within the school. Hello, I am Dr. Martin Woodward. Hello, I'm Dr. John Piggott. Hi, I am Alice Jocelyn. Um, I'm an artist, designer, maker student at Cardiff School of Art and Design. And this is a conversation exploring the research topic that informed my final year dissertation project. Yeah, thanks, Alice. Uh, so, so icebreaker, Alice. Could you, icebreaker. Could you, <laughs> can you describe the kind of practitioner that you are now in three words? I feel like this is kind of hard, but <laughs> I feel I am adaptive. Um, I'm a multimedia artist and I'm also an excited practitioner, excited for the future generally. Those are my three words. Excited before, before we get to the main <laughs> excited for the future. What does mm. that mean for you? Well, I mean, I've just done my assessment, my project kind of like end of everything assessment. And we were talking about, you know, graduate action plans and what's going to happen next. Um, and I haven't, you know, before that, I've just been uni focused. I'm doing uni, I'm doing uni, I'm writing my desk. And now I've got really kind of like big plans of making stuff. I want to do large scale sculpture stuff, kind of like what I did for my dissertation artifact. So that is all, yeah, really exciting. <laughs> yeah, and that's something I think that really was evident when we were chatting earlier this week, Alice, um, you know, you're someone who's got a huge amount of possibilities of all, you know, really interesting. That's the multimedia bit. <laughs> That's the multi, yeah, multi possibility bit. Um, you know, professional, creative, um, theoretical, you know, and we, we talked through those earlier this week. So it's just interesting to you saying that. So, so this is also really interesting for me because um, I'm familiar with Alice, your work as um, as a practitioner within within the artist, designer, maker program here at Cardiff School of Art and Design. Um, and meanwhile, Martin and I work together quite a lot around PhD supervision, and um, we sort of share ideas and 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 thinking quite a lot. So, and and then of course you two. Um, work together on your dissertation. Martin was your supervisor, uh, and also really interesting for me because you you chose a a, um, a kind of practice based pathway for your dissertation, where you you made an artifact uh, and, and wrote and reflected and and, and uh, explored it uh, through writing, uh, which is also a, a, a real um, a very interesting approach for me. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, um, keen to hear how you, you got on and how, how you both got on through that project. Um, do you want to just, maybe you should say, um, uh, you know, what, what was your, what was that dissertation? Say what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my, the, the title is not really a question. It's more of a statement. Um, and that was that a deeper connection with nature facilitated by an interactive art installation is beneficial for overall wellbeing. So it's quite a statement, really. Um, and I've let's just have that again. Sorry, <laughs> one more time. Slowly, slowly. <laughs> a deeper connection to nature, facilitated by an interactive art installation, is beneficial for overall well-being. Right. So my basis is that it's good for you to be outside. <laughs> That's the real. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was yeah. Hence the making of 
an artifact that encouraged you to spend time in nature. And and how did you, um, so tell us a bit about how you sort of began approaching that um, that question. How did, how did the exploration begin? Well, it was a lot of kind of researching relevant literature and reading books, um, watching YouTube videos, <laughs> loads of lots of kind of, yeah, general research. Um, and obviously the, the kind of physical making of the artifact, because that was a big... Maybe I should say what I did make. <laughs> I made a willow structure um, that you can sit inside of. So it's it was a sort of it was researching, obviously, whether or not it was good for you to be outside. But the actual physical making of it, I was part of the research. Me making it, the the process of making it, that was part of you know how did it make me feel? People around me, people who have been to see it, all of that was part of part of the research in the end, mm-hmm. um, which I found kind of nice in a holistic way you know you're writing about something but you're actually really actively engaged in it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it was also i was making it making it in the winter and it was snowing and it was really like a proper physical thing to do mm-hmm. um so that yeah it really gets you kind of into it mm-hmm. um yeah in a big way <laughs> really interesting might be worth sort of highlighting that this dissertation topic was kind of initiated at level four yeah. <laughs> so Alice has been alongside me for three years as, as a part of the whole kind of cycle of being at university. Just happened <laughs> to kind of come together at certain points. But the, the point level four, because that's that point I was teaching the first year I taught ecological um, philosophy, and it was all it was all about um, a phenomenological approach to reconnecting with the world through sensing and feeling. Right. And it was very the study group was was really focused on that. And you found yourself massively in that space. <laughs> And, and the question, the question you've, that resulted in your dissertation is very much a, an exploration of that over three years, but turning it into a very well, very well researched and very well run research project, which is simple, but has quite a lot of research from very different disciplines in it. Yeah. Do you, yeah. do you want to just share the, 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 the scope of the disciplines you've drawn sure, from? Sure, sure. Yeah. No, and I like that because, you know, like in first year, that really did kind of... Our, our sessions kind of planted the seed of of what I've ended up doing, which is, mm. yeah, well, it shows that it all works, doesn't it? The whole process. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a there was a lot kind of to it. It wasn't just looking at nature and saying like this is good. Um, I was looking at art therapy techniques. I was looking at multi sensory experience. Um, I was looking at environmental phenomenology, like you you know, like we did in first year. Mm. Looking at kind of interactive art looking at indigenous ways of knowing, kind of hydrotherapy, grounding. There was a whole, it is quite, yeah, an extensive kind of, mm. um, and then bringing all that kind of back back into the middle and saying that this all proves that it's really good for us to be outside in nature. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And did you, when, when you first um, sort of started uh, studying alongside Martin, was, was, it, did it, was, was there stuff there that you'd already been aware of or was it a whole new world or it wasn't a whole new world <laughs> um i've you know, i like kind of i've grown up in the like country when this is you know really really in nature and so i um i guess the reason that it all resonates with me so much is because i personally as, as a person love being in nature and i you know always have been and that's kind of a big part of what i do and it's a big part of my artistic practice and always has been really um and so you know, and then someone like Martin comes along and has all of these new theories and concepts, which were new to me, definitely. Um, but they also really resonated because I kind of 
you know, when you know something in yourself, but you didn't know that some people had researched it and actually, you know, written it down and it was in papers and it was a more kind of legitimate thing than just kind of, you know, gut feeling. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. And, um, and so when you came to approach your final um, dissertation project, then did you, in terms of the practice, the artistic practice and and the thinking and the writing, I know it's a chicken and egg thing, but <laughs> what came first? Oh, it's funny, isn't it? Um, yeah, it is a chicken and egg. And of course, they were evolving side by side as I was having sessions with Martin. I was also doing my you know physical work with you. And so it was, it all kind of evolved together. I mean, I decided I wanted to do the artifact and, you know, written piece option mostly just because I like making things. Um, I mean, I did have moments where I thought it would be much easier to write 10,000 words than try and whittle it down to um, six. But I, I, I don't know. I feel really kind of, I don't regret it. I don't at all. And I think that it was for me because I'm so material based and because I, you know, there was a lot of, in what I was writing about, there was a lot of kind of emphasis on natural materials and on working with nature in a kind of mutually beneficial way. So that's, you know, sustainable materials and all that sort of thing um, that we talk about when we talk about practice, um, but also weaves really nicely into the other concepts that I was looking at. Um, And then working with Willow. And I guess it was also, it was also that it was COVID and it was lockdown and I was at home. (laughs) And so it is almost a kind of born out of necessity type thing, um, readily available material lots of willow growing you know why not um and so that's really how it all came about so and of course i guess i guess you could say that the 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 theories that we talked about first year second year kind of that did come first and then i decided to make a a, a, you know an artifact a structure that would support my research really if you want if you want a straight up answer that's it (laughs) definitely and how was that for you sort of watching that process martin the sort of relationship between the practice and the the thinking was it was there anything that you um it's one of those things that you always hope would happen <laughs> and um run it when you when you deliver sessions which are intended to explore ideas and, and 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 deep philosophy through doing stuff it's more natural to be able to do that as an outcome but it doesn't always stick in the way that it has in this case you know when you got when you got a clear three-year trajectory of a development of a, of a single idea but it formulates equally in the practical realm as the academic realm and they're, and they're interchangeable and they're also completely dependent upon each other. You know, it's, it's a really nice thing to see. And it's a really nice space for Alice, but for also our students to be able to kind of go into, because you can be an academic and a practitioner at the same time and it doesn't undermine mm. either. And it's okay. Yeah. And, mm. and you can be yourself in that as well. Yeah, and yeah. it's okay. Yeah. You know, you haven't got to pretend to be something you're not. And I think yeah. Alice is a good example of that. So it's always been a very, so it's been a very positive experience. That's really interesting that the yourself, because then something struck me at the beginning when you were talking, Alice, you talked about how you, you were in the research process. There was a, <laughs> there was a, you were sort of owning a subjectivity to the research process, which is actually a very interesting and quite a mature thing to identify, I think. It felt like quite a kind of, I want to say self-important, but I, you know, or like pompous or like, you know, full of, I I am the research um, or a kind of, I guess a kind of intimate thing because then I'm saying, well, you know, I felt ABC, I learned ABC and therefore, you know, I'm proving something, um, which, and I remember talking to you about it, Martin, and talking about how I kind of felt a little bit like, 
I needed to have case studies. I needed other people to come. Um, and I remember, you know, you, you just said, no, you don't need that at all. And I mean, that's a good thing because it was COVID time and I would have only had my family. <laughs> you know, it's like, it wasn't, it wasn't feasible anyway. But yeah, no, it, it's a kind of, I guess it is interesting to be a part of your own research mm. or to kind of weave mm. that into it. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, great. It's, it's very interesting from the point of view art practice within the research mm. process. Yeah. yeah, no, and like like you were just saying about the kind of being a a maker and a writer or researcher and how you can be all of those things. And I think that like I did learn that this year really because, mm. um, you know, and when I when I my kind of – previous essays that had been about multi-sensory art or multi-sensory experience or you know all that sort of thing and about how that was quite separate from my practice and how that was that was me being a kind of research professional or whatever you want to call it um and then there was me being an artist um and this this kind of final dissertation was it was really nice for me because it kind of yeah everything all came as one thing which was just this is this is me both my practice and my research and kind of my worldview as well you know what i think um yeah no so it's absolutely and that's that's kind of i mean it's something that that we hope will happen you know but it's unusual that it happens to 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 i guess the degree that you've described at an undergraduate level isn't it it's something that you would normally i don't know what your experiences are martin but it's it's that kind of process that coming together um is is more typical at a kind of a, you know postgraduate level although i don't know what t- tell us what your i know i think i think the way we deliver our curriculum naturally asks that to happen anyway i think the i think it happens i think the way in which it happened for alice as an alice owned thing <laughs> And the, the understanding of it, I'm able the ability to own it from a slightly earlier stage is quite is quite unique. Yeah. But I do, it does happen quite a lot. Uh, it, it generally happens after the fact of submitting work. So <laughs> students will normally realise it at level six after they've done it and they realise they've done that. I think, but Alice, I think, has realised during during it. I think that might be the difference. That's actually a really good point because it's something that we um, speak to a bit. Uh, within the studio-led modules after the dissertation has gone in, we often mm-hmm. see a really interesting um, kind of synthesis happening uh, around practice once the dissertation's done, So that which for us is January um, time, um, So which kind of reflects what you're saying, but actually interesting that you, you were kind of doing that during your dissertation. Yeah, project. yeah, but it makes sense that that would happen. Know, that you, yeah. you spent all this time on this massive project yeah. and then your practice will evolve a little bit. Yeah. And of course, some people have just been writing. Yeah. They haven't yeah. been bringing yeah. their practice in. And so they're desperate to make again. <laughs> I think I think that's actually the, the, the benefit and the power of that option to be able to mm. practice and write at the same time. And, yeah. you know, very it's, it's an interesting, as you said yourself, Alice, that you, you halfway through a project and think it'd be easier to write 10,000 words. Definitely. And because, because, it, because it is challenging to, mm-hmm. to bring those two together as a mm-hmm. research project. And I think that that the, that uh, the ironic fear of being a practitioner, but not wanting to do practice alongside the writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we can get, get over that stumbling block with, with, with more students in that way. Cracked it. Yeah. You cracked it. <laughs> it. It's yeah, absolutely. And I think, and I think people sometimes 
perceive that the practice-based dissertation route is somehow an easy option, oh, soft option. Yeah, yeah. And I always say to people, it's don't it's not. <laughs> think that it's hard. Actually, it's, you know, not that anything's necessarily harder than anything else, no. but in many ways you could see it as being harder. Yeah. Um, and I think, and, and I seem to remember at some point you saying to me before you handed it in, you said, how am I supposed to edit down this 10,000 word dissertation into just 6,000 words because I've done practice? Yeah. And, and, and that's um, one of the reasons it's harder. But also when I heard you say that, I thought that sounds like a good dissertation. <laughs> if, if you've got that problem and you've got the time to sort it out, that's, um, that's going, that project's yeah. going quite well. And that's exactly how it should be, you know, with your. And I guess it's the condensing it down that's harder. But if you can manage to do that, yeah. Then you get across what you want to get across in less words, which is always, you know, yeah. always a good thing. Always a good thing. Now, and I've always thought that, you know, like with our course, it's a maker course. And it seems slightly bizarre to me that we 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 can write a dissertation without making anything because we're all, you know, we <laughs> it's what we do. Um, and so there's something really nice about that. Um, you know, the option of, yeah, of course, you know, you go and you get a degree and you have to write a dissertation, but you can also make something at the same time. It's Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So, so tell us um, what's so what's in terms of the um, the research. I know you've got all sorts of interesting future things we mentioned at the beginning, and maybe this all relates. But in terms of the research side of what you've been doing, you know, in this project, do you see it? Do you see it having a future at this point, um, or is it or is it sort of in in among in the mix and being parked or future for me personally? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. Yes, in, in in many ways, obviously, because I just I keep thinking about, you know, and I'm, I work with natural materials. And yeah. so I, you know, I'm always trying to figure out how to have this mutually beneficial relationship with nature and with the materials that I use. So it's not just me using a resource. It is, it is a kind of a mutually beneficial thing. And I, I looked into that a lot in, I guess it came up in my the part of my research that was about indigenous ways of knowing. And so kind of researching, there's this, there's a book by, um, it's called Braiding Sweetgrass. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Braiding Sweetgrass. um, And it's by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Um, It's brilliant. It's really well worth read. Um, And she, uh, she's talking about um, the native people of North America um, and about how she wants to kind of spread this message that you can have humans and nature can be, you know, we can have this kind of positive symbiotic relationship that is not like abusing and using resources. Um, And she has all of these stories of, she has, she says, she tells this really lovely one of kind of looking at creation myths. um, And so looking at the, kind of Christian creation myth of Eve and she's in the Garden of Eden, isn't she? And then she eats the fruit and then she's banished and she is this exile on earth and she's kind of doesn't belong here. She's on her way to heaven. You know, she this is not her her land. And then she talks about the a creation myth that they that they have um the indigenous people of um, North America and it is of Sky Woman and she falls from the sky to the earth. And she is welcomed by the animals and they're all, you know, they, they, she's nourished. Um, and then she plants gardens and she becomes a sort of like ancestral gardener. And so you look at those two stories and you see, you know, who's, what, what story brings you close to nature and what story makes you feel like you are, you know, distanced from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yet that's the story that we all grew up with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
which always kind of blows yeah. my mind a little bit, you know. And I was reading that and I was thinking, oh my gosh, <laughs> like wow. Um, yeah. So no, there's so there's a lot of a lot of that in it, and I think that that kind of sentiment. I mean, if you're really talking future stuff, you know, that there's climate issues, and you know, yeah. having a closer relationship to nature is yeah. never going to be a bad thing, um, but especially not now. Um, no, yeah. So do you think uh, do you think we need a a, a new story? Well, maybe. Um, possibly, well, I'm not personally religious no. <laughs> other than I love nature and the, and, and the earth. Um, do we need a new creation story? No, not really, because we have them, don't we? Yeah. You know, we have them in, within ourselves. Um, yeah. it depends on what you read or what you absorb and what resonates with you. You know, if I was thinking mm. of, you know, the, the story of Sky Woman resonates with me more than the story of Exiled Eve, who was this yeah. is the evil you know, this woman that went wrong and yeah, was punished. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But really, it's not about whether yeah. it's difficult, isn't it? Because you get to a point where you start to alienate certain groups of people by mm. saying that, mm. you know, you believe this and therefore you don't have a good relationship with the earth, um, which becomes quite bizarre. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a, uh, we can make our own stories and we do all the time, don't yeah. we? You know, that's, 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 we are constantly yeah. writing our own yeah. stories. Um, and it's, you know, what we pass on to our children and mm. how we teach. And, and, um, and it makes me think a little bit about, um, I mean, I presume that in your reading, you, you were looking at Tim Ingold and some of his writings. I, I can't remember off my head whether he uses, um, story and myth. Um, a lot. Am I right? Does he tap into that world, or is it- he used used to uh, in his anthropological work? He 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 wrote a lot around um, uh, animistic culture. Right. So uh, so he, he, the the kind of myths and worldviews of those are mm-hmm. kind of in his work. The work that we kind of share and used yeah. is more of the more recent stuff where it's dealing with uh, materiality, creativity, yeah. and that kind of thing. So they're not in there as they could be. In fact, that that's something that I've always found lacking mm. is that in some of that stuff mm. in some of the more recent stuff is that the 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 narrative around yeah where narrative. is the story yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no and what i what of, of his that i looked at into it was all yeah materiality yeah um i was weaving willow he's done willow weaving <laughs> um yeah. and all the kind of materiality and physicality of work yeah. as opposed yeah yeah the narrative was missing but you seem to always you seem to uh, like i did find that by going to the um, the more indigenous narratives from yeah. from the same from the same anthropological lineage, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but go into that area and you know and David the David Abraham work, which yeah. is really beautiful in its kind of poetic language, and he brings narrative in. Did you? Did you- when that yeah, I mean he talks about yeah, really poetic and kind of beautifully mm-hmm. eloquently put things about mm-hmm. like we were talking about the other day. You know, the concept of feeling the earth. And being felt back, um, which, you know, in itself is a lovely sentiment, um, you know, but also something that I think resonates with a lot of people. If we if you really think about it, you know, you know walking barefoot in the grass, you feel the grass and the grass, you know, falls down and gets back up. And, and you, you do you do have that. Um, and there was a lot of yeah, there was a lot of that that crosses over into indigenous ways of knowing. Um, and the more you kind of read about that, there's um, there's just loads of it. It's uh, yeah. So you were sort of bringing these these narrative yeah. themes together That's with right. these material themes yeah. into this um, melting pot of <laughs> great. Yeah. Yeah. And and in terms of other artists and practitioners um, and and sort of um, examples, did you bring those in as well? Was there yeah, room? Yeah. Was there time? There was the room. <laughs> 
a little bit of room. Yeah. And when I was looking into um, art therapy, there was a really interesting lady called Cornelia, Cornelia Elbrecht. Um, and she does art therapy, but not in the kind of traditional way that we think of, you know, with um, with just drawing or, or, or writing, um, but with clay. So she's really talking about the physicality of a material. Um, and so that's, that's when I was talking about materiality again and, and you know, the importance of it. Um, and in using natural materials to cultivate a closer relationship to nature, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that, I mean, there's, there's, she's got some, a lot of research, um, on mm-hmm. just how good it is for you <laughs> to eat, touch things that come from the earth, um, spend time with it. Um, you know, and there's also that clay is a, it's a familiar material. It's in, it's in creation myths all over the world that, you know, man sculpted, you know, uh, God sculpted us from clay. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, no, it's a, that, that was really interesting to look into. And I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't doing work in clay at that point. Um, mm-hmm. but I had and mm-hmm. I would continue to. Um, but that was, that was really impactful for me thinking about, um, you know, using natural materials in a therapeutic way. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and when I'm talking about improving overall well-being, that's, you know, yeah. that's obviously a, a massive part of it. Yeah. 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 And did you look at, um, did, did, did the world of sort of, um, land art and, and the Richard Long sort of stuff come in much for you as well? There was hardly any room. Was hardly <laughs> um, any room yeah. I mean, I've done, I've done research into lots of land art, um, yeah. as part of my practice. And I think that's what was really nice about it was ideas from that concepts from that came into my dissertation and vice versa, um, from my practice. Yeah. There, there wasn't a specific, I mean, when I was whittling down this dissertation, there was, it was like, if it's not really, really necessary, it's not going in. Um, And so there was a, yeah, no, I've done, I've thought about Lander and about, you know, the concept of of a piece of work in space um, and how we relate to something that is, you know, on a kind of something that you can sit inside of or something that you can hold. Um, And because I was making something you, you could be inside of and be sort of, you know, like cocooned by nature in this, in this thing. Um, and that was a part of what I was looking at, the kind of feeling, feeling safe, um, in nature, um, and encouraging that. Um, and no, and I would like to, I mean, I know Martin, <laughs> you did tell me not, you know, that I wasn't necessary to have case studies with this, but I would like, you know, now that I have this thing, I want to make more kind of slightly more sculptural work, but work willow, work in willow and in that various natural materials that you can sit inside of. Um, and I would, I am really interested to kind of open that up to the public, open that up to people that I know, you know, um, and see, and see what the, you know, see what the feedback is, see how people feel about it. Um, because a lot of my, you know, like we were saying, a lot of my research has been personal and, you know, I know how I feel, um, but that doesn't resonate with everybody. And if you haven't grown up in nature, maybe you don't feel so safe there, you know, and um, no, that's really interesting and something that I I think, I'm, you know, going to take forward. That does sound really interesting. And I think, and I think um, it's probably the thing, the trouble with that kind of approach is, um, is it's, it's difficult and it's time consuming to do it well, yes. uh, which is probably, I'm defending Martin slightly here, you know, particularly with a, a sort of undergraduate dissertation, it, um, you know, that, that kind of longer scale um, project, sometimes you need that postgraduate space to really. Yeah. I think the other, the other aspect of it is when you, when you recognize that the research is more about you 
you experientially learning to see and feel differently. Yeah. If you don't go through that first as as training in order to then use it with other people, then you're not actually understanding it. No. And no. You, you, your your journey was more of a uh, um, an auto phenomenological journey of, <laughs> of self discovery, mm-hmm. uh, and that has that has purpose and value. Mm-hmm. And to, to to tack stuff onto that for the sake of research undermines. The thing you're Especially doing. when there isn't not time to do the adequate, you know, the adequate yeah. research. Yeah. yeah, it would yeah. have been disingenuous somehow. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you do, you do sometimes get these approaches where someone texts on, oh, I, I set up an internet forum and about <laughs> yeah. about Willow and and got ten answers <laughs> yeah. from my family. And it's just not valuable at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, very interesting. I, one thing um, that uh, might be nice to. Say some things about because I think it. We talked earlier this week about your, you know, professional plans for the future, Alice, um, and and your, um, and that was in the context of your studio practice modules. Um, but they're so sort of you know interwoven with this. Perhaps you could say something about um about those plans, about your kind of um professional future how plans. How is it going? Yeah, where's <laughs> it going? Yeah, where's it going? Who knows, John? Who knows? Um, I do have kind of ambitions, future ambitions, not, you know, kind of a couple of years in the future. But I want to continue. I, I really I enjoy the research and the writing and this this type of writing. Um, you know, maybe I will do a postgrad thing, you know, like we were talking about. I don't know. Um, and I think that it's almost for me, it's a sort of inevitability that as I continue my artistic practice and my making practice that I also research not not for a written thing but it's just part of what I do and so you know in the books that I read and the kind of media that I consume so it's a maybe it will be a kind of natural progression into another body of, of, of work that is research-based um, but I don't have really solid plans on it at the moment um, in all honesty <laughs> um but no, it, but it would be it would be interesting, and you know, and thinking about this, if I was thinking about kind of you know like long term kind of ambition of this this dissertation, it's just that there'd be more research into it, um, and I don't know if I'm the right person to do that, and you know, and and maybe I will do part of it, but the kind of we've got to a point, haven't we, as as kind of people, um, where we're so science obsessed um, that just feeling something in your gut is not enough for everybody um and so i i really do think that kind of some more more research that would kind of produce really like tangible you know like real world sciencey numbers and and stats that would you know prove what i personally know to be true um you know and and of course what a lot of people know to be true um but i think that that would be that could be really valuable um but like I said, I'm not sure I'm quite the girl to do it. But I'm, I hope that someone will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you, but you are planning, um, if I remember correctly, to um, continue working, developing your material practice back, um, back home where where you made this piece. Yeah, yeah, no. And at the moment, I'm. I mean, as you know, I'm working in clay at the moment, um, and so I'm carrying on with that for the kind of you know, the foreseeable, um, for, you know, um, exhibitions and that sort of thing that I've committed to. Um, but also I'm, I do have a really kind of newfound deep love for Willow. <laughs> um, I really, you know, Willow weaving is brilliant. Um, and it was, it really was, yeah, born from necessity in, in, in COVID and I wouldn't have done it had it not been for lockdown. So there is a part of me that thinks like, 
oh, blimey, you know, um, and maybe I would have come to it eventually, who knows. Um, but no, and I, I do have, I definitely have plans for bigger scale, you know, willow, willow work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you know the work of Laura Ellen Bacon, um, but she makes big and amazing um, willow, willow sculpture. And it's just, I mean, I find it mesmerizing. I find the actual, it's a, it's funny, isn't it? Because as an artist, how can you be sure whether, you know, what do you love something because it is a kind of a, a visually or experientially brilliant thing? Or do you love it because you made it? And was the making process what, what you know, cultivated that love for it? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think, you know, I, I watch her make and I think that, you know, she loves it because she's making it. And yeah, I love it. And I didn't make it. So it's always kind of like striving to make something that mm. people who didn't make it can love. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. No, and also thinking about workshops and and thinking about, um, you know, running workshops or retreats or, you know, day classes. Um, and there's a lot of that going on locally where I live. Um, and so hopefully I can tap into that a little bit once I'm, you know, based back up in North Wales. And- you grow... Do you grow willow at your Yeah, home? my um we've got woodland and so willow just grows as opposed to us growing it, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you're wanting to make um if you're wanting to make perfect baskets, you're gonna struggle because it's 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 twiggy. Um but if you're wanting to make a big structure, it's completely perfect. Um and it's really, really good. Um yeah, I know, and locally there are people who grow willow on purpose, and so then you get these perfect long um whips. Um and so yeah, no, we don't have I mean I've got got plans with dad got many many plans with dad um, <laughs> um for clearing space and actually growing willow on purpose mm. um because we've got a, there is willow likes I, I think it's quite hardy stuff really it, it, it just likes a bit of water and a bit of space um and we do have quite a lot of that so it would you know since it's something that i really want to do it would make sense that um yeah that is a plan um but i also i, I can't there's a part of me that likes that it just grows and then you use it. Um, and I have a couple of up in the woods, a couple of kind of sculptures that I've made of will of like living willow. So then, then it carries on growing. Um, and there's something really full circle about that. And my, my, the, the dissertation artifact, it's growing at the moment. It's got these tiny little fluffy willow catkins on it. And, um, and that wasn't even the, that was, I didn't even talk about that. Um, That wasn't even the aim. Um, And it just has, and I, I genuinely, you know, I did not plant that to grow and yet it's there. And it's this just incredible kind of resilient material that you snip and stab in the ground and it's just good to go. Um, Yeah. Which is, which is partly what makes it quite a sustainable material, isn't it? Because it's so keen to grow. Yeah. And then over time, if you didn't, you know, I've made this structure and kind of taught it to stand in a certain way, but if I don't tend to it and I just leave it be, you know, the bits that are dead will just go and you'll just have a, you know, and that is part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if there was extension on this, uh, if I was if I was going to write more, then I could write about that. But yeah, no, definitely. Well, that's a really that's really interesting that 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 wasn't necessarily something you were thinking about, but now you're observing it it growing back into to nature, yeah. and, and that's sort of such a a key part of the, the thinking and the and the making, Absolutely. isn't it? Mm-hmm. No, and it's brilliant because I when I was doing it, I was thinking, wouldn't it be great if I had been really clever? And I planned this so that it would grow. <laughs> and, and then I thought, I better not talk about it because I haven't planned it. Um, and here it is growing, yeah. you know. So it's really, yeah, no, it's the whole, you know, cyclical. And that comes back to nature. And we we know, and we are cyclical beings and, you know, and the seasons and all of it. And it's, uh, yeah, no, it's, 
it's a very kind of rewarding thing. You mm. make something and then it starts to grow. It's, it's yeah. yeah, no, it's brilliant. So in terms of a research project, um, where does your dissertation sit in, in, in the world, in the real world, um, you know, in terms of academia, but also in terms of, of, of day-to-day people's lives, I suppose. What's the point? Bigger the than point? myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, so, I mean, it was, it did begin just because I love nature and that, but I also, you know, completely understand that that's, you know, I recognise that that's not, that's not all of it. Um, and I think that it's kind of pertinent at the moment to, well, I, I think it's always been important to cultivate a, a positive relationship between us and nature, but this uh, climate crisis that we're facing at the moment and have been for decades, um, you know, if we could find ways to, as a collective, to have a closer relationship to nature, then, you know, hopefully as a collective, we would feel the urgency a little bit more. And I know that, you know, or I kind of feel like everybody knows it's urgent, um, but maybe that's just my my bubble of people. Um, but then then we're not moving quick enough, are we, as, as, as you know, as the as climate change happens and as, as, you know, species die and it's all, it's all terribly depressing. Um, but if we had, if we could kind of encourage time spent in nature, you know, like real valuable time and not just, uh, you know, like, oh, I spent time in nature because I walked past a tree on the way to work. You can stop and smell the tree because it's proven that it's good for you, you know, or you, you know, like, like I'm talking about in my dissertation, it's, as artists, you can, you can, we can create things that encourage people to spend time in nature. Um, you know, we, and, and it doesn't have to be big things. It doesn't have, you know, it doesn't have to be, um, big sculptures that you can sit inside of. It, it can be smaller, smaller scale things, but things that, or even just encourage thought about, we don't even have to, you know, don't, you don't have to say you have to drink out of this cup sitting in a field. It, it can just be a, you know, the, the kind of, yeah, the basis of the work is that we, have a, a better relationship with the earth um so i guess that's the kind of wider context um so you see the art has a has a, a really important role to I play th- yeah definitely i mean art art the arts generally have a massive cultural role you know in that the arts influence all of us you know we we influence each other and and you can't you know in our kind of world of mass media you can't get away from it and so we've got ourselves to this point we we need to utilize that in a good way you know we can utilize that in in a, in a really in really positive ways um and that's kind of what i'm going for hopefully um you kind of come full circle in a way to where you started from uh, in in this conversation and that it's not just about the cultural importance of, of that kind of practice, but the very human importance mm-hmm. of that, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and if what, you're, what you suggested at the start was that it was about reflecting upon the narratives we inherit, yeah. what that means, and, and how that informs how we interact, understand, sense, and work with the world. Mm-hmm. And to create, as you were saying before, newer narratives for it that are, that are individual, but maybe also collective, means that you've got to actually engage the individuals in engaging in a different way to perceptually learn exactly. how to do it. Yeah. And that's not just done through, as you say, as like some of us do, walking through the park, listening to podcasts <laughs> no. on the yeah. way to work. It's, it's, that doesn't resonate with everybody. It's a, it's it's a, a behavioural yeah. change and, it, and it's slow and it requires time. Yeah. And, and it, patience. And, and patience. Yeah. And it's not about the, let's change the entire world now and map it out and put measures of success in and, and put money in it. Not it's about all, yeah. starting with the individual. Yeah and asking them to experience differently. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And like we were talking about, it's about, you know, 
writing new stories, mm. um, yeah. which is, yeah, what we can only hope to do. Mm. Um, definitely. Absolutely. That, that, yeah, I, I was just thinking exactly the same thing that, that within what you, Martin's describing there, um, narrative is, is a really, um, uh, effective way of, of bringing that about, I think. And, and that's where art and creative practice yeah, can massively. come in to, 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 to play. Isn't it? And, and also whose narrative. So you know, this approach doesn't declare a narrative. No. It asks for diversity of narratives and that's okay. And they can, they can all exist, which yeah. is the other part of the kind of uh, sustainability question when you when you think about the arts is it's not just about making materials it's about how people experience and, and the stories they mm -hmm, tell mm -hmm. you know you're now the the, the you think at the start of this narrative or that narrative that that supposes you have to have one yeah you have to pick either side but they can all exist exactly yeah, yeah. no completely completely um no they can all exist to kind of together um and woven into each other um and it's not necessarily saying that one narrative is is going to be more successful or is better than another. It's just, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's a nice holistic way of looking at it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the the, the 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 headline narrative here is that um, you've got a great mark for your dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you, John. That's, that, that's the singular narrative that we're going to weave weave back into uh, the conversation. No, but but well done. I mean, it, you know, it, it sounds like um, it, it. As I say at the, at the beginning, having not been so close to this particular piece of work, but but um, but really interesting to hear about it. And it just sounds like it's really successful, and it, and it connects in so many interesting ways to your practice and your, you know, which is exactly what. Um, we, we try and do with 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 the, the constellation strand within the school. That's what's made it successful, I think. Well, yeah. for me anyway, it's that it it wasn't just a it wasn't a separate thing. Um, it wasn't a separate thing to my practice at all, and it wasn't even a separate thing to my, um, you know, my work that I was doing with you. I was doing willow work as well. I was yeah. looking at land art. I was looking at multisensory art, and you know, yeah. um, interactive experience and all of that. So it was, yeah, yeah no. So that's great. That's great. Well done. Thank on you. an excellent, <laughs> um, excellent uh, body of work, and well done for uh, Martin's excellent uh, tuition. Definitely, thank um, you. <laughs> stewardship, stewardship <laughs> is the word, isn't it? Yeah, stewardship. Thank you. I was trying to find a better, a slightly more, um, a better word than tuition, but yeah, stewardship and and, and all of that, um, and and really interesting to hear hear more about it. Thank you. No, thank you, babe. If you'd like to know more about the ideas discussed, please check the show notes, which will include some links and references. And to find out more about Cardiff School of Art and Design, please visit the website at cardiffmet.ac.uk forward slash CSAD.